You're listening to Caring for Cleft, an audio series that tells stories of comprehensive cleft care around the world. Caring for Cleft is brought to you by the team at Transforming Faces. marks Transforming Faces' 20th year of providing comprehensive care to children born with cleft lip and palate in Asia, Africa, and the Americas. Over the past two decades, Transforming Faces has partnered with local health teams to support children and families to pursue their hopes and dreams through surgery, speech therapy, dental and orthodontic care, social support, and more. My name's Hugh Brewster, and I have the privilege of leading Transforming Faces. I'm proud our partners have already provided life-changing rehabilitative support to over 19,000 children. But today, I want to take a moment to look back and better understand Transforming Faces roots. That's right. Yes, I don't remember the event itself, (laughs) but I do remember growing up with a cleft lip and palate. Yes. What was your earliest memory of, of, uh, of that condition or anything that was involved? Do you remember your parents talking to you about what that was like, or do you remember going to appointments? I went to a lot of appointments. I remember specifically when I was about three years old um, having an operation. It must have been something to do with the palate, but I just remember this surgeon coming towards me with scissors. Meet Jackie Elton. Jackie is the current board chair and one of Transforming Faces' co-founders. I had the first operation really quite quickly. I think what people realized when they're born with something is that it just becomes your normal you and people just you know that's just it's not something you question or you get upset about it's just who you are worldwide almost one in 700 children will be born with a cleft lip and palate making it one of the most common birth anomalies in the world a cleft affects much more than a child's physical appearance complications can include difficulty feeding hearing speaking and even in a child's social development. Cleft repair surgery is a critical and ideally an early part of the treatment process. For Jackie, who was born in London, it was a surgeon named Dr. Matthews who had built his reputation treating pilots who were badly injured in the Second World War. He would become the man whom Jackie's parents entrusted with the repair of her cleft lip and palate. So obviously I don't remember those operations clearly. I only met Mr. Matthews quite late on when I was probably quite a bit older. Um, So I was obviously a baby and then very small for for the main operations. And then it was really the round of um, you know, dental work and all that kind of stuff, which which kind of goes on forever and ever. Right. Um, just going to, getting off school early, you know, packed tea, going off to various sort of, opera, um, going to various consulting rooms, seeing various dentists, and uh, which was really not great fun and having no. to wear plates. And, and then, so after a lot of that, then when I was about 16, 17, I had uh, further surgery uh, for nose and chin from, I think I was 18, from uh, Mr. Matthews. Having your chin done is absolutely, it's terrible. It means you can't eat. And, you know, often people go into operations not realizing what it's actually going to be like. And it was a tough, it was a very tough time. Jackie has lived the experience of someone born with a cleft lip and palate. She understands the challenges of working towards full rehabilitation. So there are often times where you just feel so frustrated. So I think that is something that's shared um, for so many families, just 
wanting people to really understand that this is something that happens to a lot of people, that the people who have cleft lip and palate are just normal and getting on with things. And right. actually, that most of the time, that's fine. But sometimes there are moments of frustration uh, where you think people just don't understand. And what you also discover is it's down to the parents so much. If a parent is giving a lot of strength um, and support to their children, um, then that's really going to help. So, for instance, there was a time that I think somebody was teasing me at school and, you know, my mother was right on it, you know, on the phone to the other mother and then it stopped. So that kind of thing. She, you know, my mother was, was very determined about those things. So, yes, I had a lot of support um, and there, there was a great determination at all times to make sure that I got the best. Jackie went on to study at Cambridge University, where she graduated with a degree in history and law. Once she graduated, she traveled to India, where she would meet a lifelong mentor and friend. It was after university, so I'd had the, the fun of university. And um, so suddenly, you know, going into a very, very different environment and thinking, what am I doing here? I mean, it was a it was an adventure, but I was working within the, it was a sort of social project. I was working with the university. And like a lot of these things, it wasn't very clearly defined. So I got there and then I had to kind of carve out a role. Uh, but it was exciting. And uh, my mentor there uh, was Joe Jameson. So that's how we got to know each other very early on. My name is Joanna Jameson. I go by Joe Jameson. And um, uh, my involvement uh, at the beginning was as one of the founding directors, along with Jackie Elton. Uh, well, I, I had gone to India in the mid-60s um, uh, to work in uh, basically finance and accounting, putting in financial systems. Um, I'd gone with the, the, the Church of Scotland uh, to India, working in close cooperation with the United Church of North India. Um, uh, but our mission was in a small town called Jalna. Uh, and so I had basically two jobs. One was in the financial aspect that I mentioned, uh, helping people um, putting in uh, accounting systems in hospitals and schools and are improving in what they had, uh, as well as women's work. For Jackie and Joe, mutual respect quickly blossomed into friendship. And uh, I, my recollection of that first visit was he was a very bright, young, intelligent woman, very self-assured, keen to help. Um, but we took to each other. I, uh, I do respect these young, uh, intelligent uh, people who are keen to make a difference in the world. And I was uh, living in a university college and doing a bit of teaching and a bit of this and running a children's play group. But every so often, Joe would come through and we'd talk and I'd see her project. So it was, a, it was an important time for me. I, I would say she, she had a passion um, for wanting to make change. After her adventures in India, Jackie went home to the UK to work and went about life as normal. Until the early 1990s, when she happened to see a documentary that would have a lasting impact on her life and would prove pivotal in the story of Transforming Faces. While that was all going on, I saw a TV program about um, a bunch of British people going to operate on children in Sri Lanka, well, 
children of all ages and some young adults with cleft. One saw untreated cleft of people from all ages up to like 25 uh, or beyond even, probably beyond. Uh, and all they really wanted to do was some research. And what they got was, you know, hundreds, even thousands of people desperate for treatment. So that program had quite a big impact and it had a big impact on me. Um, so I think that was the beginning of the process. It was about 1992. And so it was really only about mm, five, five years, five, six years later that this sort of thing gradually developed into a sort of settled idea that, you know, the, where the opportunity came and the timing came and I was thinking about this was, this was the time to do something. A few years later, the opportunity, timing and people all began to fall into place, starting with a visit to Joe in Toronto. I had a job at the National Office of the United Church of Canada and so while I was working there, she came to visit us in Toronto. She brought up the subject, and uh, it was towards the end of my career with the United Church. Um, I'd been thinking of taking early retirement, and she said, I have a job for you. And so she brought up this whole business of starting a project that would help children born with clefts. So, so I had suggested the idea to Joe that why, why don't we start something up? And just about that time, it just so happened that she was thinking it was time to step down uh, from her current role. Uh, I said, okay, Jackie, um, I'll give you three years. And uh, so happened it turned into closer to 10 being involved. So the timing worked. So she was like really keen to do it, which was amazing. And with that, Jackie and Joe started transforming faces. You know, so much of it was done in our back bedroom. We set up our little office there and uh, uh, we got going and uh, it, it, it just sort of was the right thing at the right time. Jackie and Joe, as co-founders, weren't a conventional team. For one thing, they weren't medically trained. And at that time, many people thought that a surgical fly-in, fly-out model was the only treatment option for a child born with cleft in a low-income country. I think it brought a different perspective to it. I mean, Jo, with her lifetime in understanding the challenges of needs of people on the ground and just how things work, that's what you're looking at. And from my perspective, as somebody saying, well, I, I was born with this, I, I know what it feels like, um, I think it just brings a different perspective. Around that time, Jackie had a chance meeting with a Canadian medical professional who introduced her to the concept that would shape transforming faces emerging DNA. The idea of providing comprehensive cleft care. And what, what did that what did that term mean to you at that time or that similar uh, idea? Well, it was multidisciplinary at the time. We didn't call it comprehensive. Sure. Well, we're just trying to get the ideas going. And of course, like most people, we just thought about surgery. I mean, that's that's what everybody thinks about to start with. Oh, it's just surgery, you know. Right. And so she, this person was a speech physiologist and she was quite knowledgeable and she said, oh no, but everybody does this surgery thing, but you need to do multidisciplinary care. I was like, oh, okay. So we hadn't, you know, so the, the thinking, so it was a very valuable process for starting to develop the thinking. J 
Joe, Jackie, and their small team then set out to build relationships with local medical professionals and community nonprofits in the cities where kids born with cleft were not getting the help they needed. Some of Transforming Face's early projects began to unfold in India, Thailand, Ghana, and the emphasis was not only on surgeries, but also on related services like speech therapy, social work, and dentistry. The idea of comprehensive cleft care stayed with Jackie and Joe as they laid a blueprint for Transforming Faces partnership work around the world. And I was uh, encouraged to see the growth into other parts of the world. I was very happy to hand over to Esteban, um, probably relieved a little bit, but uh, also very happy knowing that uh, things would be carried on in a very capable way. Uh, he brought his unique uh, skills and talent to the organization. Meet Esteban Lasso. Esteban would lead Transforming Faces for 15 years. One of the amazing legacies of Joe Jamieson, who for many years were treasurer and the first, I would say, general manager, was that she put this structure into the NGO. The NGO that uh, he had sound financial systems, a budget, a standard operation plan, uh, a strategic plan as well. So Transforming Faces started already on a very good foundation. From the start, we, uh, we did not look at this as a one big problem, you know, a surgery. And finding the people that could relate to that uh, mission and to that commitment was difficult. We needed the combination of different people they understand child development in order to obtain the results that Transforming Faces had. So many NGOs that were working on issues of poverty, social exclusion, discrimination, migration, economic development, were very in tune in terms of what was possible to achieve and what was not possible. And a beautiful gift that Transforming Faces gave to the world was to emphasize the importance of comprehensive cleft care. Esteban understood the importance of comprehensive cleft care, and he was passionate about finding and supporting partners for transforming faces who believed in it too. People call me by my second name, Suraj, and I work in Sri Ramchandra University. I'm a speech-language pathologist, and you know, I, I, I'm a part of the multidisciplinary cleft team. My, my speciality is in cleft lip and palate intervention. Sri Ramachandra has been a Transforming Faces partner for over a decade, under the leadership of Professor Rupa Nagarajan in the Department of Speech, Language, and Hearing Sciences. My mentor, Professor Rupa, had an opportunity to meet Esteban during a meeting way back in 2004 or 2003, I'm not sure, and we started this idea of community-based model. And we were given leads to go and visit a project in um, Maharashtra, Aurangabad, Jamkid, and Professor Rupa visited that um, fantastic community project. From there, we took over this idea, and there was a need in our state to start a community project for Cleflipanpal because we had a fantastic center providing surgeries for uh, children with Cleflipanpalate. But what is next? How are we going to provide the rest of the treatment? And this opportunity, an idea came at the right time and Transforming Faces helped. We executed the idea in 2005. 
To make it possible to provide cleft patients with comprehensive care, Transforming Faces partners with local teams in low- and middle-income countries and supports those partners by providing funding, guidance, and medical training as required to strengthen their skills and build their capacity. Throughout, Transforming Faces encourages its partner teams to do what they do best, which is to find innovative ways of providing the best care for their patients in their communities. They couldn't get that from the other big charities, the chance to be able to further the projects that they had. So here was somebody like Esteban saying, you want to do this, we'll help you do this. And nobody else was really doing that at the time, not in the same way. So I think because we had the model um, that worked, that was supporting people where they were, helping them to take that step on from where they were, I think that's what made the difference, is we just effectively gave people permission to develop what they wanted to do. So I think that, that really is the core to all this. Um, so, and I think Esteban really got that, he really believed in that. Um, and so that's how we, I think that's how we got to lots of different countries. So when I would go to, to Ghana and ask the nurses, what is the, work, what is the element of what we do that you like the most. And they said, restoring family. They said, oh, why? What is that? Well, in Ghana, you have, a, you have a tradition, which is the naming ceremony. The first week that a child is born, the child is presented to the community so that the name is chosen and is uh, as well introduced yeah, to, to the close family members and the, and the neighbors and so on. But when a child was born with cleft lip and palate, there was the opposite effect. They couldn't, they would hide the child because they would think that evil has arrived to the home. And in some cases, those, those children face, you know, danger. And, and because women would usually live in the extended family home, what will happen is this, they say, it's your fault. And so the woman will be expelled. And uh, some cases, divorce procedures may start or just, the, woman, the wife will be destituted. And so the surgery, in some way, will bring healing and bring the miracle of reconciliation and acceptance again. Over the past two decades, Transforming Faces has been entrusted with the stories of children born with cleft. Stories of children beating the odds and pursuing their hopes and dreams. For Jackie, it's the fierce determination of children that stands out most. It's like you just really see that expression of determination on their face. They're just not giving in. And there was a little girl in, in uh, or a teenage girl uh, that was just telling Siraj she didn't want any more treatment. I really felt for her because I could just see the frustration of sometimes what it is like to go through treatment uh, and not wanting to have any more of it and not wanting to be um, if you like, the victim of somebody else's desire to treat you. Yeah, so I think just so many people with great determination um, and uh, just people who won't be told, you know, that, that they can't do this or, or they must do this, but just um, um, to just live their lives as they want to live it uh, and, and not be hidden away or not be told they must be this, they must be that but just to be able to get through life um, in the way that they've chosen to do. As Transforming Faces looks ahead to the future, 
nurturing and growing our mission, our founders have aspirations for what transforming faces will become. Well, one hope would be the influence you can have in in like-minded organizations. I think transforming faces has has I don't know if it's unique or not, but probably a unique um, experience uh, and and proof in these twenty years uh, to work in solidarity with the partners overseas. Um, this is a combined effort, uh, and I think that has to be heard by some of the uh, people who want to do things for people uh, instead of with people. So so that that I think is something to to look forward to. I think first of all, I want to say, you know, how how amazed amazed I am, and how pleased that things have happened. And I think that's partly because so many people have given so much enthusiasm and time in so many different ways. I mean, I I as I say, I often feel it kind of got away from me because there were just so many people who pitched in, whether they were staff members or volunteers or whatever, who just got in there and did stuff. So. I always feel it's it's kind of a, a very special thing um, to see that happen. So I hope that we carry on with that approach. That it's not, you know, it's not just the the extension of somebody's ego, but but something that uh, people feel that they can really give to and get inspired and get on with it uh, wherever they are. So that it becomes a permission for people to do something that's really worth doing. As Transforming Faces anticipates what's coming in the next decade and beyond, what's clear to me is that our roots in the experience of patients like Jackie, in Joe's strong financial stewardship and commitment to solid international development, in Esteban's heart for overcoming the stigma and social exclusion that CLEF patients face, and in the hard-won expertise and creativity of local leaders like Siraj, this will continue to inspire Transforming Faces' commitment to see every child and family overcome the limitations of cleft lip and palate. When a child is born, okay, uh, maybe a year old, when they come to me, there are so many questions which will run in their mind. Will my child get married, especially if it is a female child? Will she go to school properly? Will she get a job? Can she be a person who will be able to take care of himself or herself? Uh, maybe in her late 20s or so. I have seen a living models for all these questions in my project. Now to see all of them you know, going into the next phase of life, it's a big achievement. It's really transforming. <laughs> we don't transform faces, we transform life also. for Cleft is created by Transforming Faces. It is produced by Megan Gilbert with help from Hugh Brewster, Becca Sawyer, and Kari Sieritz. Interviews were conducted by Hugh Brewster. Special thanks to today's guests, Jackie Elton, Joe Jameson, Esteban Lasso, and Siraj Balasabramaniam. With gratitude to our passionate team of staff, board members, advisors, committed donors, and network of partners worldwide who work tirelessly to ensure that children and families have access to timely, comprehensive cleft care. To learn more, please visit us at transformingfaces.org.